Hello and welcome back to And Just Like That. What? Um, my name is Lily Eilish. Oh, I was going to be Lily Eilish. I can be Millie Eilish. Millie Eilish. You're Richard Burton. Oh, I'm Richard Burton, the And Just Like That cat. Uh, today we're recording the we're doing episode two we recorded episode one yesterday and we were like too tired to go into episode two but here we are it was really difficult to watch two 45 minute episodes back to back so we were we are done for depleted um samel do you want to give a synopsis a synopsis okay let's go into it <laughs> So we start off with uh, the episode revolving around Carrie's vagina or Carrie's vagina chat. Well, she's been asked to talk about vaginas and she, yeah. that's just not a very Carrie thing to do. Uh, we also see Seema is dealing with a bad blow dry and a red flag. Oh, that's my day today. Yeah. Uh, Miranda goes to her first AA meeting in LA and ends up cleaning the ocean whilst losing her phone, only to be picked up by an unexpected friend. <laughs> like her bad luck is continuing, girls. We're not going to get anything different from our Miranda this episode. And then over in Charlotte land, uh, Charlotte was dealing with Lily growing up and selling her vintage Chanel, uh, which you probably remember back to season one. Uh, Lily worked for her piano recital which killed big <laughs> and uh, we have LTW um, who has got her mother-in-law over and is bringing some racial relations into the episode Naya breaks up with Andre and sells all of his really uh, art school bits and bobs art school bits and bobs and guitars guitars he sounds like a man child to break up with him but he's still cute he's still um, it seems like Naya's still getting into Swing of Things. They're still setting up her story arc. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get something a bit meatier from her yeah, in the she following. Yeah, left on her own completely for the whole season. Yeah, we've got about 45 hours of television to come out of this series. Honestly. To see how long these episodes are. So I'm sure they'll add some spice some to Naya's mix. So should we... Let's, let's go, girls. Let's get into it. Uh, so yeah, as we said, Carrie's... Um, preparing her adverts for the podcast um, because you have to monetize these things. Um, and she's kind of not really up for saying the word suppository um, coupled with vagina. Oh, yeah, I hate a podcast ad. What was it? Me Undies. Me Undies. Me Undies yeah. in Brooklyn. And yeah. I do not live in America, but I know so much about those brands. And Too I much. Just would rather pay premium than listen to those ads ever again but um i just could not make heads and tails of what this uh, thing she was selling was was it a odor like, cleanser or was yeah. it like I, I just feel was it moisturizer for a pussy was it like vagisil i just don't understand and then because i didn't really understand what was going on i was like is it a feminist issue that she's taking an issue with this because it's like you shouldn't be putting that stuff up your vagina they promo say. code batch in the city <laughs> <laughs> Promo That's such a good crush with an S. <laughs> Promo code fresh in the city. <laughs> um, they yeah, need to get her back approved. doing articles. I think like she needs to stop doing being a podcast. Like if she's not willing yeah. to do, like everybody does podcast advertising apart from us. We are very generous here. <laughs> <laughs> but like me and just get, yeah, me and She is. Um, she's just not for. Like we said in the last episode, everyone's so bougie and fancy, Carrie should not be doing these ads. 
Oh my god, she could. She's um like millionaire. Like she's yeah. not need to be like worrying about doing these advertisements. And if she is, she should be like a Team Conan podcast. Yeah. Like a, was it Pineapple Studios podcast? There's loads of these really like Red Bull Studios do like so many um podcasts on steroids, and she's just like rotting away doing these crap ads for like some fitty fella. Yeah. Um. Then we move on to Seema. Um. Is at the hairdressers with her like really bitchy. Um, hairdresser and he's basically like <laughs> gaslighting her um i this scene was aw- i'm just gonna be so confused this episode i think his hair looked awful why is she going to a mum with such awful hair i yeah, uh, think it was just a bit blue dread i think maybe he's just his hair's thinning a little bit oh no sorry <laughs> <laughs> seema looks absolutely stunning though as always um she's gonna do something she's gonna wear a, an animal print oh my god <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just very camp, this scene, isn't it? Yeah. Kitchy, kitchy, camp, it's, camp. And we have another side character. We have so many side characters, side characters this episode. <laughs> and then he's basically just gaslighting her and saying she's not willing to... She's, like, always finding red flags before the red flags open. Do you think it was a Dyson um, ad as well? Because he used a little Dyson. Oh, ad. yeah, true. <laughs> then we quickly over to Miranda, giving Che head. We love a versatile queen. So we go to Bay Day. BD. BD. From the blow dry to BD. <laughs> um, Chase. Uh, I think showrunner. Showrunner slash writer slash we don't really understand if Chase writing on this or <laughs> not. Um, we need to understand the complexities of this program a bit more because if <laughs> we just kind of... Yeah, it's, it's going all over the place. Like, it's quite hard to like understand. Che is still getting head from Miranda while... Um, BD? Oh my god, there's so many fucking side characters. I actually so can't keep up with their BD, names. Yeah, I... Yeah. Anyway, there's uh, the, per- the person with blue hair. The person with blue hair with their little <laughs> blue streak. Um, then we go back um, to the podcast land. Um, then we're back to the podcast land. Um, and then iconic Chloe um, is basically coming in to like tell Carrie off for not... Refusing to talk about her vagina. Fire to the city, hashtag. I forgot how much I stand Chloe last season and then getting Chloe's She's so good. Like, I'm going to be... It's sad because obviously this podcast is over and now they're going to release a really good... One of the only good side side characters. They should have got rid of Jackie, made Chloe a lesbian, and then just made her that side character who's like kind of Carrie's friend but also Carrie, like... Yeah, they could make, like, a commentary on how, like, New York is so inaccessible for a disabled person or something. Oh, my God, yes. Like, she is just working. And give Chloe a podcast. Like, Chloe's way more, like, effervescent than Carrie in this. Yeah, Chloe would give such better advice than Carrie as well. Oh, my God, 100%. Um, She's always right, as we see at the end of the episode. Honestly. Mm -hmm. Big slay. So. We're back to LTW. LTW. Stunning little child. I love the. Did you know what? They've really cast the kids well. They cast the kids so well. Now that they've got rid of Brady. Did we hate Brady last season? <laughs> yeah, do test. Do test. Okay, Brady. now that they've binned Brady, we've got like a good set of like younger characters. Maybe a bit too young for Sex and the City because they're not that interesting young, yeah. to a st- like that kind of brand, but still. They add to the story, which we love. Yeah, like, I wouldn't mind if they just sent all the kids away, like, boarding <laughs> school or something. But, like, 
LTW's kids are like gorgeous, so we can give them a pass. And we love looking at LTW's house. So oh my god, LTW's face, season. house, everything, and the clothing. Yeah, so we've got um, LTW has got her mother-in-law coming into town, and I think the mother-in-law is very particular about certain things. So I think this is where they bring up uh, issues with how being black in America and how people, yeah. like black people approach it and how like presenting yourself or like it's a really nice society like, as a whole is yeah. kind of touched upon which is interesting because they're like very very wealthy black people yeah. and we've had these conversations about like black billionaires like Beyonce and Jay-Z like are they the same are they going through the same trials and tribulations yeah um so it's, it's and I think they obviously that. are as well like yeah because it's like a, like generations and generations of trauma isn't it yeah, it's still like yeah. regardless of where they're at now it's still yeah acknowledged and seen as quite well, we'll get to the scene a bit, but it's, it's quite a sore subject for the mother-in-law. And I think it was a really nice, like, narrative tool to use the daughter's hair to kind of, like, sum up, like, the... What's expected, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, from the family. And, and like, later on, Eunice, like, makes a joke about LDWs, like, being in the, the Lion King. And, like, it's, it's I feel like it's nuanced a little bit better this season than last season. Mm-hmm. Um and the grandma Eunice is absolutely iconic. Like that's the side yeah. character we stand. Stunning. Eunice well. and Chloe need a scene together. Yes, and I love the name Eunice. It's fab. Yeah. Then um, Lily's um, talking about wanting to learn how to sing and wants her like a like an audio interlace piano keyboardy mm-hmm. thingy. Um, like, Which I wish I'd googled this, but I don't imagine a keyboard is more than three hundred pounds. Like the bank of Golden Black can afford a three hundred pound. I feel like I'd be a bit more. Really? But... Maybe I'm looking at like Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> she should marketplace. Yeah. Pre loved. Pre loved. Well, we love that they're giving Lily this creative direction. Yeah. Yeah. Being. Lily needs to break away from being Charlotte's like protege. Yes. And that's what they're doing. Well, she was created from such a young age when she up. Like um, upcycled Charlotte's white skirt exactly. back in the Sex and City movies. See. Gorgeous red print that she put on it. So we know she's been creative since day dot. <laughs> We're back today. Wallace on the phone to Andre, and he basically admits nothing's happened yet with Heidi. Do we believe him? I think he's just gaslighting her into be, like being a surrogate, like getting Intr- a surrogate. Intr- yeah, that did. I did think that I was kind of like didn't really believe that anything was going on with Miss Heidi Swift, but. Um, this was not a very nice angle for him to no. take, especially since it was such a big arc for Naya last season. It was very it's like controversial, kind of, in my opinion. It's quite similar to the Trey and Charlotte like yes. thingy when he's like kind of gaslighting her and brings in the like little baby card like cut out thingy. Yeah, and obviously it's like a really sensitive thing. So it's actually quite an- another interesting way to use that as a narrative tool. We agreed. Yeah. Then we're with Miranda at AA the first time. She's, I'm new to AA and I'm new to LA. <laughs> I actually forgot about her alcoholic uh, story arc. I think they were season. like so pestered by people that they were like, okay, we need to actually address this. Oh, really? They oh, must. Yeah, it was a very interesting way that they approached it. So, And the location for this AA place is like a horticulture slash church slash Scientology location. <laughs> it's so bizarre. They're definitely growing weed in that little greenhouse. Oh my God, ground. 100%. Um, I just would like to comment on the opening line. Was it a chat-up line? Um, I've just never seen virgin arms like that in so long. Yeah. I first I thought she was talking about track art, like track stars. And no. then I was like, oh, she's talking about tattoos. Yeah, I didn't understand what was going on. I was like, 
virgin arms that's virgin to like AA like that's such an interesting turn of phrase I really I was like oh, she's literally just saying I'm so surprised you don't do heroin yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very do you who, who is this girl age? do you think it's going to be a love interest or is, do you think it's just like a, a move to so get... she was saying her boyfriend calls her an act actor this so she's an actor slash activist so okay. she's in, she invites um, Miranda to clean up the beach Oh, okay. It's just like a plot point. Okay. I'm, yeah. Another I'm, side character. So we have three, side, four side characters now, like in this, in the first like four minutes of this episode. Yeah. I think because I watched the episodes back to back, I was a bit overwhelmed. Not overwhelmed, but it's, it was a lot to take in and I wasn't really paying this episode a lot of attention. I think they really shouldn't do two episodes when they, like the first, like the first week. It's a bit like too especially, much. Yeah, for over like 28 minutes. Yeah. And especially because like the scenes change constantly. Mm. You actually like, you really have to proper concentrate to like understand where the narrative's going. And if you miss like one scene, you miss like five scenes. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Then we're back to New York. Seema and Carrie seem like, like really good friends now. Um, Carrie's, um, saying that she looks and finds reasons not to find men. And then, like, Seema's kind of relating, like, the a similar thing. Um, Ten years of blowouts and confidences. He's heard it all, or whatever. Then oh, she talk- I just want to say that Carrie's in her TikTok uh, influencer era with her massive blazer. Oh, my God, so true. Yeah, she looks good. I think Sarah Jessica Parker, whatever she's doing, she's doing it well. She's doing it. Okay. Just a helicopter flying over. The chili cons to get Okay, and then so Seema's talking about how her hair, st- like dresser, like gaslight her. <laughs> Embarrassed her in front of all the ladies. So um, Carrie goes into like this uh, metaphor of like how she wants to go to the Hamptons, but makes up reasons not to. So like, oh, to compare it to like Seema not wanting to get into a deep relationship with a man. And then they use it to throw shade at Bethany Frankel, which <laughs> I love because I really don't like Bethany Frankel. She's so problematic. Yeah. So I was like, oh, she just caught a random stray there. Like, who, who was she pissed off in the writing team? She's really pissed someone stray. off, yeah. But they are really loving metaphors this season. Mm-hmm. Like, the Bethany Frankel, Hamptons. But, like, I don't understand because Carrie actually had a house in the Hamptons. Like, that was the whole plot in season episode one of season one. They were going to the Hamptons. <laughs> But decided not to go to see fucking Lily do recital. Yeah, like John Preston must have left us some gorgeous bits of real estate. I find it really hard to believe that they only had that massive flat on, like, yeah. uh, in Manhattan. That he must have had so many houses and like summer houses and stuff. Yeah, for sure. So we see also with Seema again, what I said in the last episode, whoever's writing for her is so bad at writing. Like it's just like they, I mean, like that they've got a dynamic of being close friends and it's like a confidence kind of relationship. But when Seema talks, it's so like AI. Well, that's what she said, and, and it's but it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I know they're trying to be sassy, but they could do sassy so well with Samantha. Maybe Kim Cattrall so is just a better comedic actress. Like I think it's well known that she's probably the best actress that's, out of all of them. They threw so many fucking mad lines Kim Cattrall, and she was able to like step up to the play. Yeah, like just and, the like, slowness in delivery to my but Seema yeah. just like does it quite quickly, and it just comes really like disingenuous. Uh, and a bit yeah, yeah, fair enough. Because um, what was it? There was an oh sorry to keep on bringing up Kim Cattrall. It's just Stanna so much. Um, there was an interview that came out, and she was like, she'd do these like kind of like low grade comedies and films. Yeah, she's a serious actor. Like yeah, really, she's like, really, really good. Like good actor. So she was like, well, when I was looking for work, I'd have to take on these really low quality roles uh, for the money, so I could sustain myself and do the work I wanted to do and I'm not like too proud that I 
Because there was a really like random 80s film that she did, which I, I can't But Mannequin. No, it was another one that was quite... Not the Goonies, it's got a, a name like that. And she was like, yeah, I just took it because I wanted the money and I didn't care. I just did that. And I think kind of why she did Sex and City was for that same reason. And yeah, it makes like, sense. And then something else. And then obviously she had a good relationship with, was it Patricia? Patricia Field, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, and also Kim Cattrall has a new TV show that came out the same day as, and just like that, called Glamorous. <laughs> And it's actually kind of in a similar vein, like it's super calm, it's really badly written, but she actually is able to step up to it. Did you ever watch How I Met Your Father? No, I can okay, bring myself to. Oh yeah, years, bless them. <laughs> sorry, I hope, oh my God, it'd be great. They should bring Hilary Duff into this. Didn't know, who who played Jun Curry? I thought, wasn't Hilary Duff like one of the ones who was known Hilary... down for it? Young Carrie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Carrie yeah. Diaries. Yeah. I think it was somebody a bit younger. TBC. Uh, anyway, may... back to the back to the real issues at hand. Lily is in her Phil Collins era. <laughs> <laughs> Lily Collins. Lily Collins. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the metaverse! <laughs> oh my god, we're gonna be in Paris in no time. Um, yeah, uh, Lily's gonna go to Paris, and someone's gonna die in Carrie's love because that's just what happens with Lily. Uh, so Lily admits she sold her clothes to buy this absolutely gorgeous keyboard recording units. To be fair, I did not see how many like um, little knobs and stuff were on that keyboard. It's probably in a full figure somewhere. I'd say, I'd say so. And she needed the headphones. And Richard Burns in the background um, on production. <laughs> Richard, this is this. This no, is a Richard. Oh, Richard Burton. This is a Richard Burton Stan podcast. This is yeah, because Richard Burton. How did Lily sell about two hundred pieces from that massive closet? Because Richard Burton doesn't understand permanence and objects and how Proper selling clothes works. He's a dog. It's very confusing. It's not I don't understand. And also, so Lily sold her things on The Real Deal, which is based on the website The Real Real. But they obviously can't talk about The Real Real because they'd have to pay or like... But they bought up The Real Real. Oh, I guess The Real Real is SponCon. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Because okay. the real deal isn't real. Yeah, because they couldn't probably say the real deal, so can't, you can't openly say products, can you? I don't understand. Maybe they just weren't paid at all. It was so weird. The re- One of them must have shares in the real real, because it just seems like a them thing to have shares. <laughs> yeah, very open table vibes. Uh-huh, open table vibes. And... So um, <laughs> then they're talking about, like, actually, like, Lily sold like Lagerfeld's like last collection. I was like, oh, that would I would fucking slap that Lily bitch to death. Yeah, it did seem a bit insensitive, um, but then they need a storyline, so yeah, it yeah, does make sense. We stand a storyline. <laughs> we stand Lily Collins. And finally, thank God, our saviour Anthony's back on the scene. Yeah, Anthony and LTW are a good like mix actually. Yeah, yeah. When LTW orders that vodka tonic, that is exactly where I was at when I was watching this episode. Oh my god, one hundred percent. I love how Charlotte casually has her iPad. <laughs> she's, her such, <laughs> she's such a Karen. She's such a Karen. Like that iPad is triple the size of her purse, and somehow, somehow it's, it's made into brunch. She so. made. She probably made Anthony bring up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sneak into his back pocket. I feel so bad for Anthony. Mm. Well, he's still got his hot fellas thing, but like, do you think the sourdough bread industry is still popping compared to twenty twenty one? I don't know what's going. It just it's just a gag at this point, isn't it? It's, it's so, so yeah, like, it's so random. I love, I love it. Um, also, just quickly on the brunch choices, 
I've been dining out now for a long time. I've obviously been an adult. I've just never come across a fruit bowl on a menu in my life. Yeah. So it always With the great Somebody fruit like... back in the day, that was so du jour of the 90s. But Charlotte's always like going on like with a fruit salad. Like where? Who was cutting up this fruit for her? No restaurant in my mind does that. Honestly, get a smoothie, babe. Get a smoothie, get More some eggs benedict, get some proteins, get yeah. some carbs. You need to... Uh... Yeah, you need to balance. And uh, then we go on to... We're outside in New York. Um, and then LTW's husband, what's his name? Oh, there's fucking too many characters. Oh my God. Uh, sh- no, I can't Stan? remember his name. Stan. No, I don't know. I'm we so stand, sorry. stand. LTW husband, sorry, sorry to this man, we don't know your name. <laughs> sorry to that. Sorry to so LTW husband is um, trying to flag down a taxi. And Kelly Goth, who's a writer on this, was saying that um, she, her husband's experienced this in New York. Mm-hmm. So he was like trying to da- like flag down a car. And then his ugh, Claire, who's the white girl who's with um, the daughter, the LTW's daughter. How do you know her name was Claire? I have no idea. I know. Because I was just like, I wrote it down and I was like, as if there's a side character, a fucking child she character. She like Claire Butcher, I think, okay, Brian's energy. Oh, so. true. She's such a privileged little bitch. Yeah. She looks like she just went for a confirmation or something. Like. <laughs> when she says about hip hop, <laughs> why are we going to this? Why are we going to hip hop? <laughs> oh my God. Silly, but um, LTW's baba looks so chic. Chic as fuck. Um, and like they're again dressed in race, like in this where like nobody's picking up LTW's husband. Um, and then like Eunice comes in and like kind of brings the comic relief in, where she's like with her like storm of like church posse. <laughs> and they're like Eunice is like embarrassed that like um, her son is like flagging down his taxi. I'm like, fair enough, like. <laughs> Fair enough. Fuck that fucking taxi down. Like, um, it just gets problematic because of the person really. It's looking. obviously yeah. yeah. And stopping in the middle of the road, they might lock in the door. It's yeah. just not okay. Um, but like, I think it with the comic relief comes from the <laughs> matching outfits. The green search, like ladies who lunch. Like, there's a really serious thing going on on the road. Like, yeah. not okay situation. I think like because they're in like. East Village or something? Surely they would have, like, um, door porters that would flag down the taxis for them. LTG Toby does not need to down a, flag down a taxi. He's um, too fab for that. Yeah, and also he would have his own chauffeur. Oh, my God, true. Maybe if, Big, if Big could have a chauffeur. Yeah. Come on. I think he would. I think they just did it because they, ha- they wanted to be in a situation. Yeah. And obviously, like I said, with the writer, it has been said, like, it's not okay if that's happened. But then, at the same time, it could have been... <laughs> Better situation, written situation. I think the hair was a really good device. Yeah. Because it was like kind of talking about generational like trauma and. Yeah, like how you present yourself in society is like, can you assimilate? Because that's what assimilation is, is like presenting yourself in a certain way. Yeah, Eunice is from that era where assimilating was like the most important thing to do. So, like, it is kind of a good topic, but it does feel a bit. There's so much going on in this episode already. (laughs) The taxi one, the taxi one was like not as nicely but like yeah nuanced i think the word is we're back with franklin and carrie's teeny teeny tiny little bed do not understand what's going on with this tiny bed tiny bed weird sheets like that the cotton count is not very high in those sheets they need to 
they need to bring Patricia Field back just to like style the fucking bedroom. Yeah, and why has Carrie got these like bunch of like fake flowers above her bed or like croissant oh, yeah. croissages? What are they called? The ones that you wear to like prom when you're like US oh, high yeah. school. Very random. But he looks sexy. Franklin is so hot. He we is... stand Franklin. Yeah, I wish they'd just written him to be more interesting because Yeah. you do I guess you do get those guys that are just really nice and like have nothing to them. <sighs> Where are they? <laughs> uh, Franklin's trying to rewrite Carrie's um, vagina monologue slash other. <laughs> um, and then Carrie's like, you don't have a vagina. You can't write about my vagina. And like, I was thinking, do you think this gave her the ick? This conversation would give her the ick. Yeah, like talking about your body parts with someone that you have like, was it people used to call it bumping uglies? Remember that? Uh, what? When you start, people are like bumpy uglies, when you oh. like, so, so, uh, being that intru- like intricate about how you talk about your vagina, just is probably a bit of a turn off. After having sex with somebody who is your boss, who is trying to make you write an answer about your vagina, that would give fucking anyone the ick. Like, <laughs> but like she didn't even like she doesn't even say this is give me the ick. She then just goes on to write in a soliloquy about this other. It's this whole... And then when he talks about her saying that they should make a joke about her pussy being um, a wap or something. And, oh, my God, yeah. And then, then Franklin's talk, And then Carrie makes a joke about the him watching videos again about the cooking and the beef. I wish Franklin made a joke about, like, if your beef is dry, <laughs> oh put some... Put this Vachisil cream in. I see. I so Carrie being a writer really baffles me that this is so difficult for her because like in this day and age like there is just so many metaphors and yeah. terms for the vagina and even if it's like a, a it's a like they keep saying suppository like just it's like remember VIP yeah. like when that came out that's the only thing I can think of it's so like true. such a random and gross actual item but they made it kind of like bougie and a bit like fab from like stupid and language easy to talk to about. quite like kitschy language like it's so easy to do that with like whatever the hell this product is I still don't know. Um, and as a writer who writes a lot of cringe stuff, Carrie is not. She's not stepping up. She's not stepping up to the Her pussy's too dry. Maybe her, maybe her hand needs a suppository to help. I'll take you from dry to wet ass pussy. You should have just fucked her then. She should be like, you want to make my pussy wet? <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> it's so interesting watching this scene this like, Remember that really lovely scene in like, the first Sex and City movie when her and Big are in bed and they're reading the, the romantic yeah. love letters. And it's actually just really cute. Like, it's a really nice scene. It's like, oh, they're funny together. And it's a gorgeous like, book, like the love letters. Like, problematic yeah. men writing love letters to their other halves. But um, versus like, let's write about this vagina tablet. It's just... It's, yeah. I think it does that well. Like it's just shown that it's a low quality relationship compared to her big love of her life. Her big, big, big love. Then we move on to Charlotte, Harry, and Anthony um, enjoying a gorgeous dinner. Oh, I feel so bad. An- I feel so bad. Anthony like should have better friends. Richard Burton, get him better friends, please. <laughs> Manifest a better friend than Andy. And then also, why is he sitting so close to Harry? <laughs> He's yeah. just like on Harry's lap at this point. Just a really funny setup. Like, it's such a huge fight and they just really like lay it out so funny. Charlotte's still obsessing over the dress. And then it's just... 
talking about the sourdough. I do love neurotic Charlotte. Like yeah, when she true. obsesses over really silly stuff. I do like we're in for a ride here again. We're in for a ride. No sense of like let's ride. Rock rocks up. Rocks inviting the the trio to come watch Lily perform. Um, Lily, <laughs> Lily Goldenplatt, the original Nepo baby. Yeah, the only Nepo baby we stand in twenty twenty three. Oh my god, hundred percent. Um, caught inside this g- g- gilded cage. She's such a good actress, sorry. Darkness comes unseen, empty mirrors, I'm unseen. It's a good part now. It's high energy. Park Avenue streets, where do they lead? Stuck in the deep, goddamn. The power of privilege. (laughs) Should have opened that second bottle. No reason, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) So they're basically just like taking the piss out of Lily. Um, so Lily, as if you can tell, she has written a song about privilege, being a Park Avenue princess and just not knowing life outside of it. Being stifled yeah, by gorgeously built buildings and the never-ending roads of gold. I think Charlotte's um, now tweaking that maybe she's cushioned Lily a bit too much. Oh yeah, I didn't pick that up actually, yeah, because I was kind of like, I'm still laughing at Lily Eilish, I did think that was quite funny. Lily Eilish um, was a good line. Yeah, so it's actually quite interesting, because especially Lily being like adopted, and obviously like being brought into this world, um, it must be quite interesting for Charlotte, you must have a lot of feelings about it. Obviously, I'm just like that won't dissect those feelings, because I don't think they bring those kind of nuanced stories into it, but I think this Chanel dress thing is a way of like addressing her I wonder if they have mother. like a first generation Asian woman on the writers thing that would be a lot better because yeah and there's so many like great like asian comedians oh my god 100 like margaret cho has already been on the show like yeah, bring her yeah. on and oh she was so good in those episodes because they've um they brought on a non-binary person to like help with the writing for che which like they should have done from day dot like it's kind of oh yeah actually i didn't realize that so in season two they brought on a new writer yeah che. yeah 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 um then we're back with LTW and her husband, who we can't not remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> Eunice is basically walking in. Oh, Herbert. Oh, no, he's not called Herbert, is he? he is. Oh, you could, I could be at a good point and I could never tell you that was his name. That's such a random name. So Eunice is having a go at Herbert um, and she's kind of like saying that his way of like reacting to the taxi driver was not the way he should conduct himself. And she's like mortified and. Again, it just kind of relates to like her assimilating to how she grew up in the US, which is obviously like a really fraught country. Um, then LTW is basically agreeing with Eunice, um, saying that she's right and that if anything happened to her, but like um, Eunice would blame her for anything. Yeah, it's interesting because there's definitely both sides to this. Like, it- you could agree with either of them. Like, no yeah. one's really in the wrong or in the right. It's such a complex subject and topic to talk about. Because um, I think I think Herbert handled it... In, he was in such a horrible situation. Yeah. He handled it actually quite well. Yeah, in the definitely. Grand scheme of things. But then it's how you've survived and how you've had to navigate such a complex and mean, at times, society... Um, that it's just seen both sides of the story, really. And I think they did that. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> just need to move. <laughs> Um, let's skip this. Yeah, we have a... Right, so back in the comedy club where the comedy does not exist if Che's on the stage. Che back to doing the stand-up and they really learned a lesson for Che just not to make jokes. They just be at the end. (laughs) Be at the end of the comedy set-up. 
I'm so confused why Miranda is standing in a random doorway. Yeah. Um, I think it's like a metaphor for Miranda kind of being displaced in LA. Like she's just cool. like, yeah. things are coming left, right and centre. And like, she's obviously not in the right environment or situation. Like, she, yeah, you would have thought that Miranda had like a front seat or like would be yeah. sat next to Tony Danza, which is such an like person of their age to reference. Like I think our generation no idea. don't know who Tony Danza is. He's just like an American person to reference. Yeah, Tony Danza. He's cute though, he's got a full head of hair. He does really yes. good, yeah. Depends how much he's paying. Miranda is um, Colin Carey. Oh, no, no. So Franklin is in bed. Carrie is pretty not asked with Franklin anymore and he's like trying to still write this <laughs> fucking vagina cream. Do you know what reminds me? I remember at uni like we'd have to do projects and we just work to relay and like one person would just be like really keen on getting this project done and yeah. everyone else would just be like, no, let's let's pack it in love like let's just get that crap mask and call it a day. <laughs> and we were always the second person. Yeah. Was ready to check out immediately. Yeah, it's just giving. It's not giving. Much. She's got the ick. Um, Miranda saves Carrie from this awkward copywriting session with Franklin about her vagina. Um, Carrie's relating what's happening with the podcast, and Franklin's trying to write the copy, and um, Miranda makes the jokes like, "Are the books not selling?" And like, Miranda's so true, like. Just pay for the advertising yourself, babe. Like, you don't need adverts. You're rich as fuck. They really are co- so random with how the inheritance... It's... She must, she's richer than this. She does not need to think about money. And I just feel so bad for Miranda again. Like, Miranda's kind of being, like, slighted by Che. Yeah, so Che brings up Tony Danza at some point, And obviously they meet. And obviously Miranda knows who this man is, even though we don't. Sorry to this man. Sorry to this man. Um, and it's such a big deal because they are children of the 70s. Yeah, and then Tony Danz is making jokes about non-binary people and saying, Oh, you were a, a they as well. <laughs> uh, everyone has pronouns, Tony. Everyone. Um, so Then we're back was... to Franklin. Um, this vagina advert is kind of like a deal, becoming a deal breaker now. Um, then... Yeah, Franklin's basically just talking about the copy again. Very, this storyline has been dragged out way, way too much. I feel like they could have done it a bit better as well. Like it could have been a topic that was on the podcast versus a random advert. Because everyone knows when you listen to like, you could love a podcast and that the adverts are so questionable. Yeah. Uh, like I know that I'm really surprised like when I listen to quite lefty podcasts that there's some stuff that they talk about which is like oh that does not make any sense they, yeah. they're so random that they put all this into like a, a vaginal suppository versus like maybe a topic which could have been like dating as an older person yeah. or like really complex subjects that would have called out this whole little fling that they're having a bit more and why is Moran uh, like why is Carrie literally sat at her desk writing a monologue like she's literally been there for hours like Franken's fast asleep like it yeah. No, nobody needs to spend this long writing a copy on an advert. Like, mm-hmm. just get back to writing books, Carrie. I do love watch. I do like watching Carrie type though. Like, she's such like it's just really like. Um, Her face is so expressive. Mm-hmm. Like she's really getting into like. Um, so on the writers' room, Michael Patrick King was basically discussing about the 
voiceover. I'm obsessed with the not being a voiceover in this, but mm-hmm. he was saying that my like what Carrie would say. He was like, we don't have the voiceover because we want to leave it to the audience to hear what she's saying. But then Michael Patrick says, if Carrie had a voiceover, it would be something like, um, I couldn't help but think, what's he dreaming about and what I'm dreaming for while Franken's asleep. And I was just like, this would be so, like, they need something to tie this together because uh, you're just sat watching Carrie, like, writing this random copy, Franklin asleep, and you can't really understand that Car- Carrie's, like, a bit over this whole <laughs> yeah. thing. And then, like, and the, the other um, podcaster said, the other writer said, I couldn't help but wonder how long would he be in my bed? And, like, I was just like, that would be so nice mm-hmm. to sum it up together because, like, these, like, you can't really relate to the characters anymore. Yeah. And, like... I think, like, I think especially since the pandemic, everyone feels, like, very isolated and doesn't feel like they have this human connection. And the voiceover, like, really brought people into Sex and the Sea, mm-hmm. like, so well. And, had like, you were in Carrie's mind and you could understand what she was thinking. Here we have no idea what's going on with Carrie, like... Yeah, for sure. And also, like, Sex and the City, like, you know when you watch certain movies or shows and it's kind of like they invite you to read between the lines? Like, say, for example, another HBO show like Succession. Yeah. Like, you can kind of read between the lines because the characters so are so consistent and there's so much theory in between it. And, like, I know when I listen to the uh, podcast with, like, Jesse Armstrong saying, like, it's like, it's up to you to make your mind up about this because the end goal is that these people are terrible. Yeah. But the day-to-day interactions are, like, up to you and you figure it out. But with <laughs> just like that, it's, you can't really read between the lines because it's so erratic like we've spoken so about the scene changes like the characters just completely being overhauled in between like the last movie like Miranda for example the last movie and then now like there's no kind of like it's not as satisfying to read between the lines with this program because so it's true. just not you need to be like told like that's more satisfying hearing that voiceover yeah like, oh, that makes way more sense versus me like does she like this guy like what's going on does she feel insecure does she think she's too good like what what's going on like honestly I could not get head to tails out of this situation it's so baffling um so yeah I'm Provost voiceover as well. I miss it. And I just love her voice. I think she's got such a nice voice. Her voice is perfect. Yeah. Um, And even if it's like crap, like the way they do the metaphors and poetry, it just works so well. It works so well because the show is so calm. Yeah. Um, She's back talking about crap lines and crap metaphors. Miss Seema's back. Seema's back with her. (laughs) Another gorgeous print, animal print t shirt. Another gorgeous giraffe print? (laughs) Giraffe. She's had a bad blowout. I think that's a snake print. Getting a bit spicy. Um. Then Sina's hairdresser um kicks out this little gorgeous girl who's sat in her Chanel and it's like, you need to go over there. And my number one client's Seema is here, so can you fuck off? She's here with some uh, lovely product placement in the form of that really bougie tequila that everyone has. Which oh, like it's so true. They so love the product placement this love, season. We love, love it. We stand. Oh my god, the print on her dress matches the print on the um, bag. <laughs> Seamless. Seamless. Seamless Seema. Um, Finally, we, with Miranda so again. Do, or just going back to Seema quickly, do you think she is in the right? Who is in the right? Who's in the wrong? Who's, who's team are you on? Team hairdresser or team Seema? I don't care. <laughs> 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 what do you or how about you i i think it was a big red flag um and she was allowed to be picky because i know if you've like built yourself up to be that iconic and like earn your money yeah and look great and look after yourself and you'll ever like be shit hot in all aspects of life like you if you hold yourself to that standard and have high esteem it's okay to have that yeah there's a lot of oversights happening in this season like che not um relating to miranda that Che's literal ex-husband yeah. slash current husband is picking her up. And then 
Seema's boyfriend, whatever the fuck name he is. There's so many, too, there's too many side characters. It's really fucking and annoying. He's like Herbert or Stan. We know that for a fact. Like, um, like it just really relates to how like the writing on this is so lazy. Like, mm-hmm. I I think like two people in the same show wouldn't have characters that would like forget to tell them that they're still with their ex or still living with their ex yeah. or something. And it's another interesting thing, like the dynamic between Seema and her hairdresser, like with Anthony in the last episode when they're talking about like um how they treat men and it's like um how gay men approach relationships. Yeah. Anthony was saying about like giving hair and yeah. then like the tap tap tap, 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 tap. And like the girlies found that so offensive because they kept referencing like tap 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 tap. Yeah. And it's just that kind of thing again, like, oh it's just different relationships like straight relationships are just so differently approached in. yeah and it's, it's such a spectrum now that like everyone's more open to different possibilities and opportunities when it's dating yeah. and this with sex in the city is still behind the times like look carrie's still been approved about a vagina tablet. yeah like it's i think they really should get into the relationship with che and miranda more because like miranda's obviously like come from as just straight experiences and like Che should just be like, mm-hmm. we don't need to, I'm not going to play mind games. Like I'm not a man. We can like just have like open discussions. They yeah. don't really got into it so far, but I'm guessing they probably will later on in the season, hopefully. Yeah. Now that you've said that they've changed the writer and they've kind of approached Che in a different way because there was such a, not backlash, but like a response to Che's character. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see like if they kind of, and Miranda being an old, like an older woman who's, dated and gone through all those trials and yeah. gone through marriage and gone through motherhood like why have they kind of regret regressed her back just because she's uh, trying something new with a relationship with, yeah like, true like it's very odd, odd. Well, they need to just they could be an iconic like, it could be such a lovable relationship but they've just yeah. made these characters so pathetic i think that's why people are <laughs> on board with it yeah it's true then we're with miranda with her actor, actor, activist, activist, whatever that <laughs> name is, Chloe or whatever. I'm obsessed. To be fair, this this they have a side character in this scene which I'm obsessed with. That fella who just like oh he's not. Is that like, Earth's already dead? Yeah. <laughs> Real, rocking stand. the fanny pack, rocking the the fishing hat. Then Naya's brutally brought into the scene with yes. Miranda like on the phone, and then Naya's like throwing all Andre's shit out. She's had enough. Um, he's getting rid of Andre's mixed media hair collage and patchouli incense and <laughs> we really pour uh, well Andre's out I don't think they've written Naya very well in this like in an episode that they talk about like um, race race. it's yeah. ma- making her she's she's usually so calm and collected they've just written her really out of character yeah. and then a certain caricature which I don't think really suits her like That's I so imagine that'd be really slick with it like just put all of this stuff into a van and like moving it bye and yeah. then like ringing Miranda and be like um this happened I'm over it bye. that's true versus that's like true. just being like really like ooh really random yeah but obviously like I've probably done this in the past like it's a fine way to react to a relationship ending but I think um Naya it's Wallace wouldn't do it yeah yeah um but I do love the shade that he gets from having these like really stupid random quirks yeah it's kind of funny um, I also don't understand Miranda cleaning the beach at Malibu. She's, they're just getting rid of the seaweed. Isn't seaweed Did needed? Did you ever play American and Ashley games when you were growing up? I didn't. There was one, it was a really difficult level, and they just came <laughs> at the beach, and this this um, <laughs> this scene gives me flashbacks. Oh my god, that's chaotic. amazing. And sometimes you pick up a crab, you weren't allowed to pick up the crabs because they're meant oh. to be on the beach, but the newspapers you're meant to pick up, and it's giving Mary Kate and Ashley, so like in 1996. So what happened if you picked up the seaweed? Um, you'd slip on the seaweed, I think. Oh. And then 
Yeah. Well, that's maybe how Miranda lost her phone. Yeah. How can you lose your phone? This they just made, they've just regressed her back so many decades. It's just so true. Really random. Or like maybe her phone could die of battery and that would be more sensible because that's so true. Like she's just it shows she's been working on the random beach all day. Yeah, she's yeah. Fried, like not her just losing it in like a vat of seaweed. Yeah, defo. When we're thrown brutally back to New York, um, Carrie and Charlotte are the real deal I'm slash the real real. Carrie is dressing really well. Her day to day outfits. Are I think this is actually probably the fab in this series. This is the best outfit Carrie's or any of the characters worn so far. Like the grey jumpsuit, gorgeous uh, pigeon clutch as well. J W Anderson's so well. oh, pigeon bag, absolutely iconic. You just can't beat it. Charlotte still can keep it. Charlotte's character in this series has never really been a star icon. No. She's dressed so well in Sex and the City, but in yeah. just like that, she's just not really. Like the dress from the Met Gala last week was very mental, <laughs> over the top, mental. Um, and the shop assistant at The Real Deal is very not asked about um, what's going on here. Yes. Which is relatable. This woman is not paid enough to be working in the store to deal with all this shit that these billionaires you? are, like, hassling her for. Um, yeah, and then Charles kind of, like, losing her cool. Um, Carrie obviously found some gorge boots. Charles relating that she's sleeping with the enemy and... Um, then we're thrown <laughs> back to fucking California. <laughs> coast to coast. So crazy. That did not need that edit because... Did not need the edit. When you're whatsoever. having like two stressful situations like back to back like that, it's just not... It's too overwhelming. favours in the slightest. Um, Miranda being the boomer that she is, loses her phone <laughs> on a fucking beach. How... I like Miranda's outfit in this. Sorry, I'm turning a bit of a... But... This outfit's disgusting, Mel. I... That coat is... That coat so... is very... Yeah. <laughs> It's like Mexico comes um went to Japan for a few days. <laughs> she bought that in Harajuku <laughs> for like five dollars. Um yeah, Marin's having a little Menti B. Uh really interesting that she chooses to look for her phone by swooshing her feet into the sand versus like maybe Just getting somebody to call her phone? Maybe, yes. So um, and then finally the moment I've been waiting for some straight men. <laughs> these guys are these are the side characters we need they're so fucking hot like, that guy was and he was so helpful I yeah was and then we're thrown aggressively black back <laughs> thrown black <laughs> then we're aggressively thrown back to New York with a pigeon bag and Charlotte doing the most Karen um, <laughs> she's really not having a good time she's really putting a Karen character on she's exclaiming that Karen is Karening and then it's all Poetically tied together with another phone call. Yeah, like the phone Carrie is the fifth person. No, the phone has replaced the... Samantha in this whole dynamic. So true. Tying it all together. Uh, yeah, Miranda's calling Carrie to call Che. Miranda's calling Carrie <laughs> to get the number for Che. I'm like, why Carrie? Why can't you just call Che? Or like, why Carrie can't you just order an Uber for her? Yes. Why can't you call Che and ask to order an Uber? Like, why get Che to get their ex-husband to pick <laughs> Miranda up? That's so true. Like, I know that I've, like, when my parents come back from an airport, like, I'll just order them an Uber from, like, 200 miles away. So it's, easy. That is literally the joys of tech. It's, it's so random. Also, it's quite funny, like, why the taxis are really getting some airtime in this episode, like... Yeah, true. Maybe they need an Uber sponsorship. Yeah. 
they're dying for an Uber. I think they just don't want somebody to die in an Uber. That's why they're like, yeah. we don't want to give you an Uber, spawn con, babe. Um, yeah, so Miranda gets the pickup from the stoners, stoner surfers. Um, it's very LA, isn't it? It's very, very LA. I'm so surprised there was no like paparazzi shots of all of this going on. Oh, they yeah, filmed that's a lot. True, actually. Yeah, maybe. Because there was so much that went out in New York. Maybe there was like a close, like it can't be a close set though, but there's literally nobody on the beach. It's very Did weird. Did they say while, why they moved Miranda and Che to LA? Was there a reason the for it? Che's TV show. Oh, was that it? It was actually just a plot device because it just seems so random. It's so random. Um, cool. So Miranda is struggling, getting up like as if she's like moving through the Sahara when she's literally just going up a bank on a beach. She's like, having a good time in Malibu. Um, we're back. back we're Charlotte's back, back with being back in New York, becoming even more of a Karen, saying that her husband's a lawyer. Um, she's basically having that little menti bee, and then she's kind of like getting upset because Lily's like rejecting all these like amazing gifts that she's gifted Lily over the years. And like, it's, and then Carrie's kind of like, Carrie for the first time is actually quite level headed in her life. <laughs> Maybe death has made Carrie more level headed. Carrie um, just doesn't do a lot. That's why she's just got she's, no personality. She's not the main character anymore. I think no. LTW is like the main character of this, like, yeah, the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, Carrie's kind of relating that maybe, like, Lily is rejecting these gifts, or maybe she's just growing up. And then Carrie relates that maybe Carrie needs to move on from Sex and the Sea, and she doesn't know if that's her anymore. And oh my God, there's so much changing. <laughs> like, I can't believe they've just, the first season, they got rid of the podcast. The second season, they get rid of the podcast again. And like, <laughs> and then like, they're getting rid of a love interest. There's just too much change in the two but episodes. Don't you think, so she says the line specifically, like, I'm still fighting to like, with, like, we're still fighting to keep Sex and the City. Yeah. And I was like, but are I they don't just being why. really self aware? Like, are they just being self aware that this is just salvaging a really loved and well known brand of a TV show? Uh, I just couldn't, when I said it, it's like, that's really shocking. And obviously, like, reading between the lines again, it's like, I read it as in like, are they just commenting on their own desperation and it just not being well received? Or is it actually just like what it says on the tin of her just commenting on the podcast? So the writer's room, they like pulled up their sentence and all the other writers were like really like scared to say it. Michael <gasps> Patrick King was like, I really wanted to like just say something that was like shocking. And it was like, okay. okay. And like, I actually like, I feel like he was like, yeah, this show is not. And just like that, like that's when he started talking about the voiceover. He was like, that's why the voiceover isn't in the show. Like he was like, this isn't Sex and the City. He was like, I just wanted to make it a point in the script. Interesting. Okay, it did seem really on the nose. So that makes a lot of sense. But like, it would be good. That line would be good if the show was good. <laughs> yeah, and it would be good if it was kind of like, rich. people that have salvaged it a little bit, like this is a bit more, it's just the editing is just, wacky what mental <laughs> you can see there's been a bit of improvement made to like some of the characters um yeah, like this for, sure. for example like moving on to the next part of the story where uh Miranda gets picked up by someone who Chase sent and it turns out to be Chase's husband and yeah. I think that was like oh I was like the first time when I watched the program I'm like wow maybe and for except for Big's death I was like that's actually quite a good yeah like, I enjoyed that yeah I think it definitely like adds like more background to Che that we don't really have. We don't really don't really know who Che is as a person, really. Yeah. So okay. Miranda Miranda's picked up by what we've soon found out to be Che's current and slash ex-husband, who is also Kate 
Hudson's brother in real life. And, and he works at the Malibu Soho house. He works at the Malibu Soho house, which is like Spons notoriously. House. Oh, yeah, Spawn Con again. Apparently, the um, uh, Malibu Soho house is like notoriously hard to get into. Like, you can't be a member, you have to live in the area and you have to own like like own a house or something to they to love invited. a soho house storyline one of my favorite episodes from sex and city is when samantha's gagging for a soho house membership it was it, she wants a membership is it yeah and ginger spice yeah oh my god i remember when i used to be heat magazine and they had the um the photos of jerry on set and I was oh my like, god it was ah, so, so good I like the the line here when he's saying that I used to be called a bartender, but now I'm called a mixologist after the margaritas went to like twelve dollars or something. Ah, uh, yeah, that was a good. Sweet. That was a good. That was a good line. Um, like it's a need... it's a well known like it's kind of like a well known kind of trope, but but like that's oh. what Sex and City is good for. They make like tongue in cheek jokes. They're good at their cocktails, I guess. They're they are cosmo, iconic. So if they know anything, they make cocktails. Then we are with um, Che with Tony Danza and he's basically like saying, I can't be Mexican. He's already getting pushed back from his family. This scene is so... It's really funny. Like the, the stuff about race that we've spoken about earlier in the episode, which feels like four episodes ago, but it was literally like 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, compared to this, I'm not like downplaying the plight of like Mexican-Americans, yeah, blah, blah, like Italian-Americans, but it's just... It's kind of interesting because surely when they cast the character, you'd think that it's just maybe it's a comment on like how lazy like the TV processes was casting, and that then they yeah. blow back, and then they've got to uh, be retrospective with it. Um, it's just really silly. In um, apparently, like in Hollywood, like a lot of um, Mexican or like Italian people will actually play Mexican people a lot. It's just like a very lazy Hollywood trope. Okay. So like yeah. it kind of makes sense, but like it's also like. There's too much going on in this yeah. episode anyway. We don't need Tony Zanza just randomly wanting to make Chase dad Italian. Like it's a, it, And it could have been approached back because I know that there was a really good, uh, well, not really good, but like, there was a really good show on Netflix called Gentified. And it was like, mm. then, then it got cancelled quite early on, even though it's really good ratings, really well written. And like the Mexican-American community were like, this is, well, Hispanic-American community. Yeah. Like, this is not fair. Like, when we do have a show and it's doing really well and it's really well cast and it really touches on these experiences that we experience, yeah. it's cancelled. But then they could... They just did it a bit weirdly. I think because, A, Tony Danza <laughs> and the way it's like, the Danza fans are, like, yeah. really, like, kicking off about it. It's like, is this a serious subject that we're talking about? Because it is a serious thing. Like, representation in Hollywood and as a non-binary kind of, like, show creator and writer, yeah. like, Che can have some interesting thoughts on this, but then it's just kind of like... The line that I couldn't get over is when um, Tony Danza was saying Italians are basically Irish people with better food. Yeah, 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 yeah. Excuse me. You can't say that about Irish people. They've been through enough. It's... No, I just don't understand. They obviously have no Irish writers on this team, so... (laughs) It's... Yeah, it was... It came from a good place, but it just was a bit random, if I'm honest. Very random. Uh, then we're back with Seema out for dinner with Zed. I, re- I have his name written down, Zed. Then Z- Seema's like, you brought me back with five amazing texts. What Do you think they were just five dick pics or something? Like, um, that, like, that is the worst line in this whole episode, I think. You brought me back by five amazing texts. Um, yeah, it's... <laughs> then um, Zed wants 200k from Seema to invest in a club. And like... They love writing these foreign people as absolute crooks in this show. <laughs> <laughs> they really do. 
They are obsessed with writing crooks for anybody who's not American. Like, he's just scamming Seema. Do you think he's scamming her? Or, like, to maybe just the way he's gone about is wrong? Like... He lives in a five-story apartment in Manhattan. I don't think... Two he's Anna Delvey. He's Anna Delvey. <laughs> oh, my God. They need an Anna Delvey character in the show. That would be so good. They should just have Anna Delvey, like... This is the thing. They don't approach stuff like scamming. And, like If they're going to live in these really bougie places and stuff, do that kind of echelons of stuff. You don't need to be doing yeah. this random... Make a comment on the wealthy, like the white lotus, and then bring in Anna Delvey, like yeah. a scammer or something that relates to the current times. Like, Michael Patrick King has no idea what's going on in pop culture yeah. no idea what's going on in the real world he has so much money he's so tapped out so this show makes no sense and it's also like if the writer is tapped out and is earning that world like write about that world because i'm not in that world and i would watch a program about it like but um, maybe this is the world so like i don't understand actually maybe then that yeah actually then going back then like maybe that's why the conversations about like race and sexuality and like relationships are just so so fraught, janky like, because yeah. It, maybe that's just how it is there. Like, we don't have, like, with us, we've got the time to think about it and it means more and it costs more to, like, mess it up. So yeah, definitely. maybe there can be this shallow. Yeah, maybe Pat- Michael Patrick King's been, like, swindled by... Is he... A- so I thought it was Eastern European, but is he Italian? I don't understand. <laughs> I His accent's all over the place. Especially with the name, like, Zed. Yeah. Um. um also, Seema is... Oh, when she's not in a animal print, she's in a horrible gold number... Uh, this really let down by a Met Gala outfit and she's bought a she's basically wearing this, it back out the same outfit it looks like a RuPaul Drag Race challenge again it does look like a it does look extravaganza extravaganza it does look amazing on skin but like it literally looks like somebody's just sewn it together like, yeah I've got no yeah she, she, only she can carry it off because she's gorgeous f- but it's do you think it's a smoke original yeah <laughs> <laughs> He's half stitched at the back. <laughs> not ready. Not ready. <laughs> um, Miranda's in her WeHo palace, sat by the pool. Gorgeous. Um, she's kind of like admitting she doesn't know who Che is. Um, just this whole thing is so badly written. Like, I don't know your number. I don't know who you are. Nobody knows anybody's number. I don't even know my own number. Yeah, I only know if like a handful of people makes for the memory when I was 13. I so. was thinking to be fair I actually want to write people's numbers on like your number and Peter's number on a post-it note so in case I lose my phone. Like do you know Peter's number? Do my phone? Like, oh my god. <laughs> actually no I, no way in hell if you like gave me your number I could not pick out of a list. I think we need to um, also, to. why do you need a number when face like you know when you've like lost your phone at night out? You'd go to like Messenger, yeah. or you'd go to Instagram, you go to Twitter, and you just like look for your mate's name and then exactly hope for the best, for the best girls. Um, uh, sponsored by Mark Zuckerberg. Thank you. You're welcome. We stand you. Pay support our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just think this whole thing is like this whole scene's so badly written. It's so shit. I can't wait for the next episode because it won't be written by Michael Patrick King. But Sarah Ramirez and um, Cynthia Nixon are like amazing actors. Like Yeah, they, they just make it happen and um, they carry it. They, yeah, they carry it. Maybe they really do. Carry. Then we're back to the podcasting universe. Carrie has somehow made an entire <laughs> podcast empire, empire collapse because she didn't <laughs> want to talk about a pussy. And then, like, Chloe really, like, goes for her and is, like, basically, like, saying that they sell these studios to Apple or Peach. And then she's, like, she's, like, I told you it's a sinking ship. What advice, Carrie? Next stop. Don't be so precious about your pussy. 
best line. I love you, Chloe. You're iconic. Best line of the show, I think. I surely they could have they this Apple would not have just thrown them out like this. There's something called leases, contracts. Yeah, they would just um, they would just put them on a new contract and get rid of half the team or something. They wouldn't just kick everyone out. And surely an email would have been sent to be like, please take them to the office. Yeah. Like if people are sacking, like coal companies are sacking like hundreds of thousands of staff every email, I'm sure they could tell Carrie and her boyfriend that they don't need to come into the office today. Um, Carrie and Franklin's relationship basically ends where it started after the lift. They're just in the foyer of the wherever this office is, the Google offices. Um, Franklin decides to call it quits. Um, Carrie just needs to bring back the column so we can have the voiceover. Carrie just needs to have the column. We're we are waiting. S- Carrie cannot write books because the books can't be like transcribed into a TV show. They mm-hmm. need to have her having a fucking newspaper article, like, like because they have, they have so many amazing like journalists who have like been some through something like traumatic. Like, there's this writer for Verse and Two Times, and she fell off. Um, uh, a horse like 10 15 years ago and then she's basically talking about how like her life has changed like since she's been paralyzed and it's like really it's like such a like good perspective and like somebody who is like very like still young in their 50s their like their lover of their life has died mm-hmm. it'd be such like there'd be such an interest in like like it, it would be such a good way to like bring back the articles of second city or something like and talking about Dating as... <sighs> and if anything, it, like, her as a columnist is way more accessible now because back in the day it was, like, a little side thing. It was like, oh, I'm Carrie Bradshaw, I write, um, uh, like, snippets for, like, this newspaper. So, oh, yeah, I, I've gone past it. Now with, like, Twitter and, like, everything moving online um, and, obviously, with print media still being in circulation, like, she's got such a bigger platform. And then I feel like people of that generation still do read the columnists that they like. And yeah. it's like, I've got I've got opinions on columnists and like people exactly. I read and I don't really read. Um it's a big thing now. And then they can branch into like books and deals and like appear on TV shows. Like Carrie would definitely appear on like a what's like what's her best friend called in real life and you just like show and they always have like the housewives, Andy. Andy Cohen. Cohen. Carrie would definitely be an Andy Cohen girl. Yeah. Like, with with, An- with def- Bethany Frankel. I, Carrie would be like a Bethany Frankel, but less... I can't believe I'm saying this about Carrie, but less annoying. Um, I yeah. don't like um, And she would be like... there's Like we've said this before, like they, one of them would definitely be a real housewife. Oh my God, 100%. Like Charlotte would definitely like have that vibe to her, like, oh, the cameras are over, they can yeah. pop line out of that, like be quite self-aware. Like this is where culture is. This is where like people at that age are. Yeah, like how we find like girls and like broad city of our generation quite relatable because we went through that kind of stuff and the conversations they have about like shit friends and like high rent and going through stuff and not understanding how like the dating landscape works. Like they can definitely do that, but they just don't make it that relatable in this. Michael Petrickin is not in touch with whatever's going on. No, in, no, cor- no. Like, They're really you missing a trick. Do you think Michael Petrickin has even seen the White Lotus? Like, yeah, I wonder. Yeah, because it must be a comparison. Like, um... And like, they should definitely have Jennifer Coolidge in a fucking episode if they, ha- if they can afford to have Kim Cattrall in for like five minutes. But like... did, did Jennifer Coolidge's... Um, character die. Am I thinking of the other one? I mean, like, can, like Jennifer Coolidge should be in and just like that, like yeah. for a scene or something. Like Jennifer Coolidge is so in, like. But she was in Sex and the, she was a handbag game. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They should bring her back. She's too much. Yeah. She. 
act them out of the war. Like maybe what would be like a good because like, she like the real be... the real deal. Like maybe she was the owner of it. Oh my and, like, god! And god ugly purses, but now she made like a really amazing empire out of it. She's taking that's stuff off so like Charlotte. Good. Like, could it be even referenced? Oh my god, that's so true. Jennifer Coolidge, like she is in the stratosphere. Like we all are obsessed with her. Like mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. get her. Like it's not that hard. And they must have such a good budget for this. Oh my um, god, yeah. They're like, on a million pound per episode, so I think that's obviously increased for season two. Wow. And for Kim Cattrall to bring Bob back, she must be on a fucking hefty amount. I would amount. love to have been on the call for the negotiations for that. Oh my so god, good. me too. Um, so yeah, I can't believe it. it. Feels like we've been recording this for like a good part of this day, but <laughs> it was such yeah. a long episode. Having two episodes come out in one week is a lot for a podcaster, but that's why we split into episodes so we can give you girlies a rest. Yes. Um, then so oh yeah and there and just like that i freed up my entire week <laughs> we stand a lazy queen <laughs> we do and um, we'll yeah oh uh, i'm too hot to say anything we're too hot we're done um so we'll see you next week episode three i think what do you give this episode out of um richard burton how many paws doggy treats. How, would it be paw or would it be paws? No, we have to do doggy treats because you only have two paws. How many doggy treats out of ten do you give this episode? Um I don't know. I need to think about that, hold on. It's so much has happened in this episode. I think I'd give it maybe like a five. It would be in the grand scheme. I don't think it'd be a treat, I think it'd be kibble. It's just kind of like dry, needs a bit of spicing up to be a bit delish. Um it's there. I think it's still it's doing that stupid thing that they do, like they set it up for like later episodes. I kind of I'm give it a number, that Mel. Give it a number I'm out of ten. It, I think it was a bit, but it was a better than last week. I really like Eunice. I think she's a good character. Uh, I gave it two point five out of five. I'm gonna give it three out of five. This is out of ten, Mel. Double it. Pass it on. <laughs> six out of ten. <laughs> I think I think you're like between four point five. Am I joking? It's not six out of ten. It's like yeah, it's five out of ten. It's half. It's very. It's the, uh, the outfits. Carrie looks so good. Um, the... and even my uh, man looks good. Uh, Seema is there. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the the outlines for a good show are there. They just aren't filling in the. They aren't filling in the lines. To reference Carrie. In Sex and City 1, Mr. Big always colours in outside of the lines. <laughs> oh, Lily's in that scene. I think <laughs> we do stand Lily down and just like that. So. so we'll see you next week. Bye, Franklin. Ciao. Bye, Franklin. Miss you, call me. Ciao, girlies. Shopping for love. Shopping for love.